I'm Ed Maguan, and you're listening to Woke Up PH, where we talk social issues relevant to today's youth. This week, for the first time since the 2019 midterm elections, Comelec will finally open up voters' registration. This is something many of today's youth have been waiting for since the disappointment they felt last May. Today, we speak with Comelec spokesperson James Jimenez to talk about voters' education and registration, the youth vote, and what happened in the 2019 midterm elections. Spokesperson Jimenez, welcome to Woke Up PH. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so great to have you, sir. Um, this is a topic that I was really chasing after for a while because I knew this was relevant to so many of today's youth. Sure. And just really to kick things off, I wanted to go into a topic where it's very specific. It's the, the power of the youth to vote. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot of talk about, um, especially in the midterm elections, like how the youth vote is so powerful, like how the, the youth vote is really going to be in a way like not if not the majority like the plural plurality in terms of the age um age ranges of the number of voters and can you just quickly describe to us i guess who is the youth vote and how big is their power this 2022 presidential election well the definition of the youth vote basically depends on on how you define the youth right i mean different agencies define it differently um what we say is uh if you're up to 30 years old, 18 to 30, that's considered a youth. And that block is about 22 million strong. Uh, but we also, if, we, if we're being, you know, less less, uh, less strict about it, you could also consider the youth as, be, as including all the way up from the 15-year-olds right. who are voting in the Sangguniang Kabatan elections, all the way up to maybe even 40. And 15-year-olds will be able to vote come 2022, right? Yes, they yes. will. I mean... Uh, if they're if they're the right age, but in general, when you're talking about the youth vote, again, it depends on on what your parameters are. But in general, and strictly speaking, we refer to people from the age of eighteen to thirty. Mm-hmm. But even then, that's already about twenty-two million. Uh, can you just imagine how much bigger it is if you're going to include, say, what other people would call young adults, right? Who are also still technically the youth, right? So it's a huge block. And, and uh, to be honest about it, they really are the, the prime movers of the elections. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who, who essentially set uh, the trends in terms of who wins and who loses. Right. So they are very powerful, except that, um, you know, sometimes they don't have their act together. Mm-hmm. They don't vote as a block. They are a lot of, there are a lot of youth. Malakas ang voting power nila mm-hmm. simply because marami sila, but they do not vote as a block, which makes it a little tricky when you're talking about right. how, how they affect the elections. And so when you say this 22 million, is that 22 million eligible voters from the youth or is that like the total youth? No, that's the eligible voters from right. the youth. Right, so when we're talking about the youth, it's actually... We're not even bigger. talking about the youth. Yeah. yeah. The, the youth as, as, a, as, a, as a demographic, much larger. Than much, that. much larger. Yeah. All right. So... So when you say, um, what, I wa- what I want to look at is that amongst the youth, is, there a spe- is it specific to that demographic that there is a low voter registration amongst them? Um, no, in fact, uh, they are very active in, in registration. Okay. Um, again, the problem is not engagement. The problem is the quality of engagement. Okay. It's not so much that they don't participate. There was a time when there was a problem with that. Uh, 
voter apathy we used mm-hmm. to call it and all of that or the apathy of the youth but starting around 2013 to 2016 uh, that sort of changed in fact I would go back even further to 2010 okay. when, when the elections were automated it, it drew a lot of the youth in okay. because it was not business as usual and after the 2010 elections people were saying we're seeing that the, the bailiwicks were dissolving. Mm-hmm. I mean, people who had been winning with their with one hand tied behind their back suddenly realized that you know they couldn't do that anymore. You, the concept of the political stronghold right. sort of disappeared, and and it sort of empowered the youth uh, to an extent that at that point we started seeing an uptick in in the engagement of the youth. But what hasn't kept pace is how the youth have been voting. Right. Again, it, it, it would probably be unfair to, to say that the youth are, are not intelligent voters or, or that they're voting for the wrong people simply because there is no universal criteria for what makes a good candidate. Correct. Um, we all have our definition of what makes a good politician after all. But again, there are some objective measures and by those objective measures, uh, sometimes the youth are not voting because they believe in a person. Okay. Rather, they've been mobilized. They've been they've been uh, taken to the polls for 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 whatever reason. But sometimes the people they vote for don't enact policies that reflect the interests of the youth, which makes me question whether or not uh, again the youth are taking a principled stand. Right, so it's not more on. So what you're saying, sir, it's not more on. We look at the end result of who they're voting for, but perhaps what we should be looking at is their discernment process. Yes, yes. In terms of deciding, choosing who to vote for. Um, Again, the tendency I I feel is that they're being used as cannon fodder. Okay. You know, parang para na magkaroon tayo ng warm bodies, para lang manalo si ganito. Right. Let's trigger the youth. Let's activate the youth. Let's give them the the sugar that they want. Mm. You know, let's give them the nice brand, the nice slogan that they can rally around. But in terms of actually dissecting the the the, the policy potential or or what a candidate stands for, medyo hindi pa tayo umaabot sa punto na masasabi nating magandang sitwasyon. Right, but sir, would you say that has come a long way since, let's say, maybe a decade or two decades ago, or it's moving much slower than we'd hoped? Well, absolutely, it's better than a decade ago, simply because now they're voting. Okay. And a decade ago, they weren't voting at all. But again, it probably takes a little more work to refine who they vote for or why they vote. And sir, in terms of the youth, there's a lot of reasons why we have a lot of youth who don't vote. One of the more popular things that I'm just one vote, what yeah. will that impact make? And could you, sir, help us maybe address this type of thought or concern amongst you? Well, the, the whole idea of I'm just one vote, how can I affect anything? It only works if you're the only one who thinks like that. Correct. But if everyone thinks like that, and if it's as widespread as, as it is, then you end up with more people thinking they won't affect the outcome than people who believe that they will and therefore the group that says I'm just one vote I can't affect anything ends up being larger than the number of people who actually vote which means net result nothing changes number one number two 
saying that I'm just one vote and and I won't change a thing. It's like it's like being in a basketball game. Okay. You have the ball, and you say, "I can't make that shot, so I won't try it at all." Yeah. So yes, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. Sabi mo, wala kang effect kasi isa ka lang hindi ka bumoto. Eh, talagang wala kang epekto, mm-hmm. right? right? It's like saying, "I'm never gonna win the lotto, so why buy a ticket?" Well, you didn't buy a ticket, so you obviously not gonna win the lotto. So, ganyan yan. It's self-defeating. It's it's a it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's it's a it's a hole that you're digging for yourself. Kalokohan yan, mm-hmm. no? And and again, it only works kung ikaw lang nag-iisip ng ganyan. The problem is, hindi lang isang tao nag-iisip ng ganyan. Right. Usually, maraming nagsasabi ng ganyan. At kung kung itutuloy-tuloy mo yan at lahat kayo nagsasalita ng ganyan, in the end, mas marami kayong ano, mas marami kayong nag, nagpapas kesa doon sa talagang pumuto. Right. And sir, I guess for a lot of today's youth, they they were born in a time where they always had an election. Like, yeah. you know, they they were born into a democracy. They've always experienced elections every every three years. There would be a midterm. Every six years, there would be a presidential election. Sure. But if you could just to help put this into perspective, that what is the history of our elections here in the Philippines? Just a quick rundown so that people can understand that. Hey, we did ne- we didn't always have an election and it perhaps it's something at this point we already take for granted. Oh, we absolutely take elections for granted, especially uh um the young ones, mm-hmm. uh, especially the ones who sort of like became aware of the world after 1986. Yes. Um so for 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 these generations, uh elections are something that they, that they expect to see. Uh, that they can gripe about us being, you know, elections na naman, etc. Mm-hmm. But there was a point in our history when even though we did have elections, those elections were bogus. Those okay. elections were completely, you know, uh, compromised. The problem with that was that in this country, the, the, the authoritarians, uh, well, only one authoritarian to be okay. honest no? uh, felt that he needed elections to give his his uh, despotism a patina of legitimacy okay there was this style that they used to call it this what they call it the constitutional dictatorship mm. it, it was an attempt to 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 dress up the whole idea of dictatorship in a way that would make it seem acceptable to the outside world, to the people here. And part of that makeup, part of that camouflage was the holding of regular elections. So yes, elections were regularly held. In fact, uh, pre-1986 elections were uh, mandatory. You needed to vote. That's why people in the Comelec would run around, would ride around in garbage trucks. Right. Uh, this was pre-86. And we would go into the CTOs and we would go into into the homes and, and drag people out to vote. Literally okay. drag people out to vote. Because they needed to vote. If they didn't vote, they would face uh, criminal charges, etc., etc. So there was that, that one aspect. Number one, elections were mandatory. And while that may be a seductive idea to some people now, you have to understand that in application hindi lahat ng tao excited bumoto. Uh-huh. So what do you do with people who don't want to vote? 
you end up forcing them to vote. Right. So it's not as 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 clear cut as people say. Hindi kailangan dapat uh, mandatory ang boto para lahat bumoboto. Eh hindi naman lahat kanyang mag-isip eh. Correct. Some people really don't want to vote. And, and again, on paper, in principle, it probably sounds nice, but in application, you end up forcing people to vote. Okay? So that's one difference from then and now. Second, once the voting was done, okay, it became irrelevant who people voted for. Why? Because the 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 instruments of state, not the not the election commission, right? The the uh, the people, who the ruling, were, the ruling, the ruling uh, people, who were taking orders from the from the despot, basically took the boxes that mm-hmm. had the voice of the people and replaced them with boxes that were stuffed with the proper votes, meaning to say, votes that would give the correct winning margin. To whoever they were pushing for the result they wanted the result they wanted in other words so there is the elections were not free the elections were not trustworthy the elections were uh, bogus and in the end even if you did have an opposition it was essentially an approved opposition it was the, it was the opposition uh, personalities that the administration allowed to win again all in the service of giving the di- the dictatorship this appearance of legitimacy. Right. So while the opposition uh, opposition figures were legitimately in the opposition, the only reason they were there was that they were allowed to sit there. So it's a you know it's almost a kind of tokenism that was going Correct. on there. So after 1986, that all changed. After 1986, the elections literally became a free for all. And you had even people in the administration taking chances on losing. Mm-hmm. And lose they did. You know, many times uh, over the years since 1986, the pattern has always been uh, the administration faces a stiff challenge. Right. The challenger wins the election. There's a peaceful transition of power. And then the challenger enjoys a time in the sun. Mm-hmm. And then in the next election, they're unseated. And, and replaced with a brand new government because they somehow didn't, you know, satisfy the people enough. But the the the, the pattern since 1986 has always been that we've had peaceful transitions of power. Right. There was there was uh, there was one aberration, yung uh, Edsa two. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we paid for that. The president. Who, who sat after Ed Zetu was practically paralyzed mm-hmm. because th- nothing she could do would, would ever meet with any sort of public approval because at one point she grabbed power through an extra constitutional procedure. And, and, and we've seen it time and time again. And, and unfortunately, that sort of thinking has led people to accept that there's a second way of getting into power, which is by totally ignoring the vote of the people mm-hmm. and, and, you know, doing the extra constitutional route. Um, but, but overall, <clears throat> overall, the fact that we've had a remarkably steady record of elections right. and, and a remarkably consistent uh, series of, of transfers of power that has contributed to a lack of appreciation for the elections. People just don't see it 
uh, in the proper context and for them it has become something of a burden or in some cases uh, especially for the more cynical ones uh, just another means of perpetuating people in power but again look back and see how often how often power has changed hands from administration to opposition the opposition becomes administration and the new opposition becomes the next administration right. and it's flip, it's been that way flops all throughout all throughout all throughout it's there's we haven't had a situation where uh, one one party or one political color right. has held sway for more than one term and sir do you think this what's um this is a do you think this is a big factor into why perhaps Filipinos are not seeing the change they want to see because each succeeding quote-unquote opposition and then back to the administration then they, sure. they kind of like erase what each other has been able to do more on versus like continuing well projects that's certainly contributory but the problem is not the change in administration the problem is in the people mm. look I can be I can be in the opposition and and still accept that some projects are good you know and still continue them. Ang ang, ang problema is that there is a tendency wholesale to reject everything mm-hmm. that, that the other uh, that the previous administration has done and to reinvent the wheel every single time which wastes a lot of time which wastes a lot of time it 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 loses uh, whatever groundwork has already been done right simply because you don't want it to be said that this project was started by my political opponent again there's really nothing wrong with with um, with the reins of power changing hands every mm-hmm. every six years um, what's wrong is that when the reins are handed over to the new person the new person rejects wholesale everything that was done before right and so just to give um, some information. Why is it, like, for an individual listening to this podcast right now, why is it so important for them to vote? And what does their vote represent fundamentally? Your vote essentially represents your participation in the governance process. A lot of people think, when, when they vote, a lot of people sort of stop there. They say, oh, na, na vote ko si Ed, and Ed is now president, bahala na si Ed. Mm. Okay. That that's 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 the norm. That's well, that's the average way of thinking. But think of it this way. Let's say um, the coming elections is a barangay elections, right? It, it's it's barangay. So you say, gusto ko maging barangay chairman si Ed because he's a he's a cool person, anak siya ng ng kapatid ko or anak siya ng kaibigan ko etc. Right. But understand this: the barangay chairman is also responsible for garbage collection in your town mm-hmm. in your village uh, the barangay chairman is also responsible for peace and order pag may namatay dyan malamang the barangay chairman fell down on the job diba? right. hindi niya ginawa yung trabaho niya hindi niya kay sinecure pag nagkaroon ng El Nino na naman and El Nino is, is coming more frequently wala kayong patubig dyan wala kayong poso dahil hindi yan ginawa ng barangay chairman so in other words the barangay chairman carries a whole deal of responsibilities lots of responsibilities but beyond that beyond that because these are macro problems say you as an individual you want to open a business in your barangay you want to open say a small ukay ukay in your barangay you're gonna need a barangay clearance 
And that barangay clearance is only gonna come from the barangay. So you put a person in there that you don't know. Right. You put a person in there that you haven't tested, that you that you know likely hindi mo kilala, then you're putting your means of livelihood at the hand in the hands of a person you don't know. Right? What's even worse is because you let someone else vote for these people, uh, the people who will end up in power, you're essentially giving up your part of that equation, giving up your participation in that process. Now, think of it this way. What if, what if, hindi ka nag-participate, hindi ka bumoto, tapos yung kapitbahay mo, mm-hmm. na nilason yung asa mo, becomes the barangay chairman. What you gonna do? You, na. You're left powerless. You're left barangay. powerless. You're stuck. Diba? And this person doesn't like you. Mm-hmm. Good luck getting a uh, permit from him for work. Right. So that's three years wasted. Right. Simply because hindi ka, hindi ka lamaban. Now, obviously, you're just one vote. Tama ka. Mm. You're just one vote. And obviously, it is possible na kahit na bumoto ka, manalo pa rin yung, yung kumag, right. yung kagalit mo. Pero at least may ginawa ka. Yeah. Diba? Lumaban ka. Whereas, Pag hindi ka lumaban, naghintay ka lang ng ano, naghintay ka lang ng may mananalong kakampi mo, eh, para kang si Juan Tamad. Mm-hmm. Nakanganga ka lang, naghihintay kang mahulog yung bayaba sa bibig mo. That's not gonna happen. Right. Or if that happens, malamang, by the time mahulog yung bayabas, bungi ka na. Right? So, kailangan talaga mag-action ka. Kasi, pag hindi ka kumilos, pag hindi ka bumoto, wala kang, wala kang ma-achieve for sure. Now, Again, it's very important understand that elections are not just about putting people into positions mm-hmm. of authority. Elections are about giving them power over your life. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line and that's something that makes people uncomfortable. Yung barangay chairman, you, you think I'm joking about power over your life? If that barangay chairman fingers you or identifies you as a drug addict, Right. Simply because he's not liking you, simply because he's not your friend, well, we all know what happens to drug addicts nowadays, don't we? And and sir, allegedly that does happen. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, uh, oh, I guess we're supposed to say allegedly, but again, it's the common experience. In in my barangay, I've heard of people being identified as barangay addicts who've disappeared. Mm. Right? I'm not gonna let that happen to myself. Correct. I'm not gonna let that happen to my family, and neither should you. So that's that's the reality of the situation. Election, electing someone into office doesn't just give him a nice desk. Gives that person, boy or girl, male or female, power over your life, right. literally. So think about it very well. I mean, susuko mo na lang ba yon ng ganon ganon? really something I feel not a lot of you know Filipinos actually think of in that lens no they don't because even if you don't think about it in a more noble way of like the betterment of the collective society just as the just as the example you gave is that that's 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 specific to you as an individual as a Filipino yeah. you know what that's what we do here uh, in the education and information department we we understand the nobility of elections right. I mean you know if we were to talk about that, then we would be the choir preaching to the choir, right? I right. mean, it, pointless. 
Nagkakaintindihan na tayo eh. We all know that elections are noble, etc. The challenge for voter education, I think, really, is to present a good value argument. Right. Why is this important? And a good value argument is not one that says it's important because democracy. Right. It's like saying world peace man in a beauty contest. It, it doesn't work. It's just... <laughs> wala lang, wala. It works, I guess, maybe for the more educated... But which is yeah, but a small, very small. Percentage. I wouldn't go that way because um, I guess everyone understands the whole concept or the whole idea of, of being free. Ang problema kasi hindi lang natin nakikita yan doon sa level ng practical. Hmm. For a lot of people, they don't care. Okay, look. Um, I don't know if you've seen. I don't know if you've seen Fiddler on the Roof. But there's a line there that's always stuck with me. It, it's 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 a peasant asking the rabbi, okay, uh, is there a proper blessing for the tsar? The, the tsar uh, this happens in Russia, right? So they're a small town uh, in a small corner of Russia. And so this peasant is asking the rabbi, uh, the, the, basic, the, the priest of the church, um, is there a blessing that we should pray for? For the Tsar in far away Moscow. Far, far away Moscow. Right. And and, and the, the the rabbi goes, Well, uh, the the blessing should be God bless the Tsar, God bless and keep the Tsar far away from us. Mm-hmm. So basically a lot of people, especially at the Barangay level, they never feel government. Mm-hmm. They don't feel the presence of, of of, of authority and they like it that way okay so why would an argument about democracy and the value of freedom really have an impact right. it, it really might not so the challenge again is to bring it down to the level of practical to the level of of how will this affect me personally which is something universal which is exactly it's universal again like i said you step out of your house, may basura dyan, sino may kasalanan yan? Barangay mo. Right. It's simple as that. It, you, don't have to, you don't have to be a fan of democracy for that to, to be real. You don't have to be a fan of anyone for that to be a factual problem. Right. And so you bring it down to that level, then you have a chance of convincing people, yeah, they should vote. Right. So sir, to go to a more specific election sure. i guess the most recent one we had which is the 2019 midterm elections what do you have to say about you know the disgruntled upper and middle class youth who are shocked to see their candidate bets who are more progressive in a way have a you know overall poor performance that that is that was painful to see okay that was very painful to see um but it was also not the first time i've seen it um we saw that, uh, we see that every elections. Right. Uh, every elections, uh, you have a bunch of people who feel like their candidates could not have lost or should not have lost. And they're casting around for reasons to make sense of the whole thing. But ultimately, elections are won by voters voting. Right. Not how many times you've posted a meme not how many times you've ranted online about how good your candidate is. That doesn't win elections. Right. Voters win elections. 
and and this reaction that we're seeing from one side now is the same reaction we saw from the other side when their people lost right so it's the same it's all the same um and it's understandable it's mm-hmm. totally understandable um the stakes were very high and and uh well i guess neither side made it easy for the others Correct. to like them there was no attempt to bridge the divide right we were so entrenched the politicians were so entrenched in their positions they were actually trolling each other like it was very clear yeah it was very clear like they were not they were they were not even attempting the the, the politicians they were not even attempting to find a middle path right there was there was from the very beginning the whole atmosphere was pervaded by the sense that if we win you lose right. it's a zero sum game for for a lot of people and so people reacted as they would in a zero sum game tearing out their hair oh my god we lost dinaya tayo right but again the objective measure the number of people who voted for which candidate it shows that these people won right um right now uh, sort of people have shifted uh, people are now saying well you should have disqualified them again think about what you're saying right if if Comelec had done what they wanted to their candidates and and there was ample reason to do it for both sides right they would then shout no you're taking unwarranted discretion right <laughs> you know so again it's so it's very easy to 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 blame the referee and you know again it's something that we expect sir but when you say that you know people uh, these candidates were not so willing to find a middle ground in this no, recent midterm not. elections but how about sir in terms of because when you talk about um bigger issues on maybe human rights. I guess maybe for some candidates, there is no middle ground. And something, at least I've been able to really evaluate was that. I felt that this election was a more, I don't know if you would agree, a more principle-based election versus a personality-based election. Or would you say otherwise? I guess it depends on, on who's talking, right? I mean, right. Um, for, for people who who do not share the principles of the winners, mm-hmm. they will say that it was personality-based. Okay. You know, they voted for, for this candidate because he's funny, right? Whatever. Okay. But people who, on the other side, would say, no, we voted for what they stood for. And, and the people on the other side, again, will find a disconnect. Okay. Simply because they do not share the same values. They do not share the same principles, I think. There are, there's, there's lip service to... Uh, to common set of principles but how to achieve it that's where the that's where the debate lies right okay sir to go to a different um aspect of the midterm elections let's talk about the delay in the partial and unofficial results um so this caused a bit of a stir after the (laughs) voting i'm sure you were very busy dealing with that but just to, I guess, you know, there lots of news articles are coming out, some fake, some from our mainstream media. Mm-hmm. But what caused this? And was it something more preparation could have avoided? Uh, well, failing to prepare is preparing to fail, is what they say, right? Okay. <laughs> so yes, uh, I guess we could have used a little more uh, forward-looking 
preparations. I think uh, I would I would say that in terms of uh, testing the system, right, we could have been a little more thorough, perhaps. Uh, and in that sense, yes, it was uh, it was a failing uh, of the commission, um, but ultimately it didn't affect the outcome of the right. elections. Um, it didn't delay the mm -hmm. outcome of the election, the the final resolution the of the official. elections. All it really, all we really lost was for seven hours, uh, the opportunity to have a running total, right. put out by unofficial sources. Right. That's all. Um, but of course, you know, uh, that's something that people are making hay out of. You know, they're 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 capitalizing right. on that failure. And again understandable but ultimately uh in terms of, of of standards you're looking at did the elections reflect the sentiment of the people and right. we still feel that it did um but just to address the concern directly the lack of that unofficial running tally did it affect the credit did it, did it affect the the uh, reliability of the elections in any way it affected the credibility, yes, absolutely, right. because people don't believe it if they don't see it happening, right? right? But did it affect the reliability of the elections? No, it did not. Why? Because while that, while that that lack of information was happening, you look at other sources. Correct. Reporters were reporting um, proclamations. They were reporting mm -hmm. the progress of everything else. Ang nawalan talaga isang aspeto ng reporting. Pangalawa, because of that, it means that the system was never down. Okay. And if the system was never down, then how could anyone use that that seven-hour window to affect the outcome? They could not have. Pangatlo. By the time the dam, by the time the 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 lack started, the the, the blackout, some people are calling it, started. The results were already in the books. Okay. Why? Because the the blackout happened with the transmission of results. And remember, according to our process, the, the way we design things, transmission only begins after the results have been printed out. Mm -hmm. So literally, the results were already on the books. May print out kane. All that was left was to consolidate it at the various levels. Right. But all of the results were already in there. So, wala nang changes na magaganap. Just computation na lang. How do you add them all up? But, in the end, you had you had the actual results already on paper, and that could be verified all the way up to the end uh, without resorting to electronic transmission even. Right. So, the problem, however, is that there is a willful denial of these things um, people do not actually listen to this people who push this narrative they totally ignore the fact that again these three things no? that the system was never down that that the uh, the results were already in by the time the problem started and so on because they're pushing a narrative right and that's again something that could have been avoided should have been avoided if we had only uh, prepared more now. Why did this happen? This happened because we introduced a new uh, a new procedure. Okay. 
uh, into how we get this information out to the media. Dati kasi, what we would do is, if the results came into this laptop, we would get a, a, a USB okay. stick and physically port that data to this laptop, mm -hmm. which can now be connected to the media. Okay. What we did was we instituted a software program in between these two computers. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we tested it a little, ganyan, ganyan. Oh, it works fine. Great. Let's go. Yeah. Not anticipating that the volume of data coming into this computer, into, into, the, into the receiving computer, would basically choke the pipeline right. between the receiving computer and the computer that would transmit to the media. So, nabulunan ngayon yung pipeline. Again, could that have been prevented if we had been more forward-looking? Yes, absolutely. Um, if we had designed a system that 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 could expand the the the, the bandwidth, for lack right. of a better term, could expand the bandwidth as as the need arose, which is something that is done on a regular basis, then we probably would have avoided the problem. Correct. But we didn't. So we thought that this rigid pipeline was enough and it wasn't so as for the comelec sir aside from maybe what you already mentioned what were the lessons learned in the midterms that you'll definitely take into 2022 or even the more the upcoming barangay election yeah uh well very few lesson lessons for uh from the electronic side because obviously okay. barangay elections are, are manual um but we've learned we have learned uh several lessons um, for election management uh, we've learned that uh, it's very important to uh, to take the teachers on a really comprehensive training okay. regime uh, a lot of times that the the tendency is to say alam na ng teacher yan kasi matagal na nilang ginagawa yeah but you know turns out you can't always rely on on you know experience etc you have to remind them every single time. Not to mention the fact that, of course, the teachers who served three years ago may not be the teachers who serve now. Right. So Kenyan. Um, we've also seen from past elections that it's very, very helpful. It's very beneficial to the voter experience to have all of your partnerships lined up um, before before the elections. Like in in the last elections, in the last barangay elections, was the first time. We actually had uh, DOH representatives in polling places, mm -hmm. and as a result, we were able to help. I think eleven people with with uh, with health issues okay. right then and there. Uh, these are eleven people who would not have received immediate aid had we not done that. And then we did it again in in uh, twenty sixteen in twenty nineteen. Mm -hmm. um, and from what I heard, we we've helped even more people okay. uh, health wise. We've provided legal as legal assistance to people on the ground and so on and so forth, and so we're building on these lessons okay. uh, about what it takes to make the experience more 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 shall we say more convenient mm -hmm. for voters, and especially in terms of the uh, emergency accessible polling places. One of the biggest things that that we've learned is that um, we can't rely on. Uh, we can't rely on the old procedure. Okay, a little bit of context. Uh, 
Um, we wanted to provide accessible polling places for people with disabilities, okay. for pregnant women, senior citizens, and all that. But what we did was we said, well, come to the office before the elections, register your needs, and then say, yeah, I want to go to an APP, mm -hmm. accessible polling place. Not a lot of people did that. But on election day, they came. PWD, senior citizens, and, and they had a difficult time. Right. So we had to adjust. We had to create emergency accessible polling places. And we did that in, in 2016. So uh, we learned essentially from the lessons of the past. And now, emergency accessible polling places are a regular feature. Right. So now in 2019, all, all uh, polling places, all 85,000 polling places had had sort of emergency stations where people who didn't tell us that they were, they were needing assistance could come, you know, be assessed right then and there and given the assistance that they needed. Right. So we're just going to carry that over into the next elections as well. Now, is there a bit of uh, looking forward into future elections? Um, and I want to talk about voter education. Sure. Are there any efforts right now from Comlec or planned efforts rather uh, on promoting voter education? Yes, absolutely. Uh, voter education always. Voter education um, goes through a cycle, uh, just like elections. If you if you're to imagine the elections as a sine wave, then you're having uh, three year peaks mm -hmm. and then troughs in between three. Years. It alternates in a way. Alternate, yeah. Kami. yeah. So kami yung cosine. Uh -huh. uh, so ganyan ang itsura natin yan. Now. Um, when you're in between elections, that's when voter education really picks up. Um, in fact, on Wednesday, tomorrow, we have we're going to start. We're going to kick off our voter education efforts in Porak, Pampanga. Okay. In a small community there, we're going to talk to, I think, about two hundred people. Okay. Um, key people in that community, and and start delivering basic education, uh, basic election education and literacy to them. And so what does voters' education cover on your end? Is it just the basic act of voting? Or do you even cover up to like the how to discern? Yes, absolutely. Vote? Vo uh, voter education right now, um, well, here in my office, what we do is we differentiate between voter information and voter education. Oh, voter right. information is the mechanical information that you need. Like, uh, when do you register? How mm -hmm. do you register? When do you vote? How do you vote? Etc. Voter education is is what prepares them for the exercise of their right to vote. And that's where we draw the connection between their right to vote and the real-world effects of their voting. Right. And we do both. Right. And so I want to talk about personal personality politics and principled sure. politics. Not on the level of those who are running, but more on, like, on the level of you as an individual um, discerning on who to vote for. Sure. And there's been a lot of criticism some may perhaps would say unwarranted from the upper middle class to those who are not as well off or living in poverty that these they don't vote based on um, principles but they vote based on personality but in your opinion is it possible for those living below the poverty line to even you know think about things like this when they're living day to day and you know thinking of like how they're gonna you know feed their family for the next day again Again, it, it boils down to uh, what your principles are, right? right? I mean, for, for a certain class of people, what's important is generosity, for instance. Correct. This is a value. Uh, taking care of, of the needy, for instance. This is a value. Right. 
And so when they vote for a candidate that they see gives them money, then it's not a vote for a person giving them money, it's a vote for generosity. Correct. And that is as principle-based as it gets. Right. The only difference really is that for some people, they say, no, 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 the principles we should abide by are these loftier principles and we find someone who, who does this, we find someone who talks like this, we find someone who does that, and so on. And if you don't, then your personality politics. Right. So I guess it's, it's a matter of perspective. And I've learned that the people that normally, especially in, in, you know, in debate propositions, are, are, are singled out as being the, 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 the negative case, right. they actually vote on the basis of principle. Okay. It's just that we have different principles. You know? So, uh, and, and whether or not a vote is, is about someone's personality depends on who's characterizing it. Right. Again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, there was a time when I would say that people who voted for an artista mm-hmm. were voting on the basis of personality. But ever since I started working for the Comelec and being more exposed to these people, and I've been talking to them and I've been asking them, why did you vote for this particular actor? Right. Ah, because they went here yung anak ko na, na lumpo, binigyan ng wheelchair. And they actually felt the impact yes, on their lives. they felt the impact on their lives. And again, like I said, that's as principle-based as anything. Right. It's just that different principles. So this argument, sir, we could say is a matter of privilege for some people. Yes, it's, it's a matter of perspective and privilege. So, oh nga, no? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's a proper case use for uh, use case for check your privilege. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh-uh, so again, what, what, where does this leave us? It's unsatisfying kasi to leave it there. Mm-hmm. To say that, you know, it's a matter of perspective, it's, it's a matter of privilege. So, so where does this leave us? How do, we, how do we uplift our elections? I think the answer is in our politicians. Okay. The problem kasi with the politician is that if I give someone something, then the person who receives it sees me as generous. But if I give someone something and then I'm okay na kasi nanalo na ako, mm-hmm. and I, I do all of the kabalustagan whatever, okay. then I'm taking advantage of that. Okay. Yeah. And I'm tying that person to the false idea that my generosity makes me a good person. It makes me, when in fact, by taking advantage of my generosity, getting your vote, putting me in a position where I can get more for myself, I am actually demolishing the underpinning of that impulse, right? right? Uh, I I am presenting you with a lie, essentially. And that is the politician's problem. Not the voter's problem. Manipulating the voter. Manipulating the voter. And that's that's where we should concentrate our efforts. Change the way the politicians think. Mm-hmm. Make the politicians less manipulative. Make the politicians less predatory. And and you know you'll end up with a good government later on. Because ultimately, again, people will vote for the people that make them happy. Right. And and if if I cynically use the good vibes between us to to you know to get more money for myself, then that's on me, not on the voter. Correct.
So we're moving on to something more actionable, I guess, for sure. the youth these days. As uh, voters registration opens very soon, August one, can you tell us everything basically the youth needs to know about registering to vote this August one to September thirty? Uh-huh. That's a lot. Um I, I've I've been making lists of just like how I guess maybe like know, right? how they should go. Sure, about no problem. Uh if you're a first time voter, let's say you're fifteen to seventy and uh, or eighteen and above. Uh, you're a first time voter. Uh what you need to do is you need to come to the Comelec office or to the satellite registration center. Uh we have both and present yourself for registration again if you're a new registrant you and have to sir, bring this is a the Comelec office in their city in their city okay yes, in their city or municipality walang registration sa main office ha huh? so you have to go to the office in your city or municipality or in the satellite registration center there uh, and present valid id okay valid id means basically company id school id a library card if it's for the current year that's, okay. that's accepted ang hindi accepted ay barangay clearance okay barangay clearance police clearance um, not accepted because in the past we've seen instances where the barangay would refuse issuing a clearance to someone that they felt would be their opponent okay okay so hindi siya reliable so ganung class ID lang employment ID school ID etc uh, unless you're running for, unless you're you're uh, registering for the SK, a voter, uh, a birth certificate doesn't really help. Okay. Okay. But for if you're running for SK, you need to prove your age. Okay. So then you need your birth certificate. The birth certificate has to be from the PSA. Okay. Uh, registration is from eight in the morning until five in the afternoon most days. No lunch um, break, sir. No lunch break, Jan, and it's until Saturday. Okay. No Sundays. Um, we are open even on holidays. Okay. Now, when we come to the end, um, hindi tayo umaabot talaga ng hanggang alas 5 ng pagtanggap ng, ng aplikante. Uh, usually, nagka-cut off yan earlier. No? Ang dahilan dyan is because the machines that are being used for registration, uh, there's some processing time involved. Right. So, if we accept everyone until 5 in the afternoon, processing time means you go on operating until around 1 in the, one in the morning. So, better morning. to register early. Sir. Register early. Uh, you will be, asked to, you will be uh, asked to fill out a form. I-interviewin kayo. Aalamin kung uh, talagang dun ba kayo nakatira sa address na binigay ninyo. Right. And then, kukunin yung biometrics ninyo. Ano yung biometrics? Yung pirma yung fingerprint at yung litrato ninyo. No? Meron tayong isang makina dyan, yung ating voter registration machine, na uupo kayo sa harapan nun at gagawin na lahat sa inyo yun. Make sure na magpa-biometrics kayo. Pag wala kayong biometrics, hindi matatapos ang inyong registration, hindi kayo marirehistro. Right. After you've done everything, bibigyan kayo ng tinatawag nating acknowledgement receipt. Itong acknowledgement receipt ay patunay na dumaan ka sa proseso. Ngayon, pagkatapos mo ba lumabas ng, uh, ng registration center, botante ka na, hindi pa. Yung application mo dadaan pa yan sa election registration board once every three months, nagmi-meeting yung board para aprubahan o i-disapprove yung mga application. Only pag na-approve ka dun sa board na yon dun ka lang masasabi yung registered voter. Thank you, sir, for that. I feel like a lot of our listeners right now may not be registered voters and that would be super helpful for them. 
And moving on to the last part of our uh, podcast, there is uh, call to action, something we do every episode because the end goal of, of at the end of the day, this podcast is to mobilize the youth. And something, my first question would be, um, in terms of the com, like doing some self-assessment, um, what still needs to be done that isn't currently being worked on or um, isn't in progress yet to promote, to further promote voter education? And then next, increase voter registration. And lastly, to ensure, I guess, a smoother election come 2022. Something that's currently not even in the works yet. The holy grail of voter education is inclusion in the curriculum of schools. Okay. It is not included in the curriculum of schools. Um, there was supposed to be uh, a section on civil, uh, civic education. Um, in Araling Panlipunan, but it's not meeting the requirements uh, for voter education. And that's sad because uh, every year, kids all over the all over the country they vote for class officers. Yeah. But for them it's it's a it's it's a joke almost, yeah. you know. Um, when that's a ready made opportunity to start educating them about living in a democracy so that's that's something that needs to be done um, second for uh, the broader for the broader picture we have a lot of election laws that need updating okay need a, a lot uh, time limits for instance uh, should either be scrapped or should or political advertisements should be banned again? Right. There was a time when political advertisements were banned, and so it's time to re-examine the wisdom of that, considering how we are inundated by by ads uh, during election season. We should talk about how to better police the expenses of of, uh, of candidates. In the last elections, candidates were spending hundreds of millions right. before they were even required to report any expenditure. So in the end. A lot of their reported expenditures come under the wire in terms of what's allowed to spend. But if you're being uh, painfully frank about it, all of them exceeded that mm -hmm. by their pre-election spending. No, so we need to tighten that up considerably. Um, there's a lot of, of of things to be done in terms of uh, legislation uh, being uh, enacted. Um, premature campaigning is one thing. Uh, we need to improve the way the party systems are, are uh, governed and um, we need to make sure that uh, uh, protections are in place to prevent dynasties from forming. Finally, with regard specifically to the upcoming barangay elections, I'm sure you've heard, uh, the president is in favor of owning the barangay elections again. Uh, so the, that's something that, that uh, that puts a dampener on on uh, on that democratic process, um, but also, I think more crucially, it means that the law that set the elections for for this uh, 2020 will be amended, mm -hmm. which means that the entire law can now be amended, and that that's particularly that's keeping me up at night because. In that law is the very first concrete anti-dynasty measure okay. this country has ever seen. So if you're opening that up to amendment, then that might be amended out okay. of the law as well. Right. Um, so that's something that bears watching. Okay. And sir, on the other side of things, for the youth, 
now that voters registration is finally about to open if the youth are truly serious about having the results go their way whatever way that is come 2022 what is the maximum and the minimum they should be doing as early as now to make this happen minimum they should be doing is registering okay okay uh what they can do if they want to go over and beyond is they want to start evaluating people who might be running for office right. um, even if it's just in their barangay it's very easy to do this because in the barangay you know people tend to talk a lot and so alam mo na nafeel mo na ko sino yung right. volunteer uh, for for uh, these people help them get elected if you feel that they deserve to be elected Thank you, Comlex spokesperson James Jimenez, for joining us on our podcast. If you like this episode, share it with a friend. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Woke Up PH wherever you listen to your podcast. That's all for this week. We'll see you next Wednesday for a new episode of Woke Up PH. Special thanks to our graphic designers. Adrasales and Janina David.